Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs i'm denise harper co-host of the morning show with bill and denise and program director for the bridge there's something special about sitting across the table from a friend whether we've known them forever or for just a minute with a good cup of coffee and an open heart And hopefully, today's conversation will inspire and encourage you. It is such a joy to have Sonia Quinones in the studio with me today. Sonia, the first time I met you, you literally lit up the room. I mean, uh, I just, there's something about you that I love so much. Well, there's probably many things, but the first thing I noticed was just that you bring the joy. Uh, even when you might have a heavier heart, you still have a beautiful smile, and uh, so I love that. Welcome today. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you on Over the Rims of Mugs this month, and to talk about life and to get to know each other a little bit better. I want to know what makes Sonia tick, <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Uh, I call this over the rims of mugs because some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs. And so appreciate the fact that when you confirmed with me that you were indeed coming in today, that you said, I'd be open for another coffee time anytime. Absolutely, and yes. I'll take you up on that for sure. Love it. <laughs> but you're such a joy bringer. Have you always been that way? I have always been a happy child. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> My grandmother was this way. I, I grew up, I had a very close relationship with her. My mom and dad separated when I was young, and she was a nurse and worked nights, so I had a lot of time with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember she always carried joy. She was always singing. She always had a tune in her in her heart, and her smile just lit up a room, and it was very contagious. So mm-hmm. I would say that's probably where I adopted that from. Yeah. yeah. Did you come from a large family? Nope. Um, see, my mom is one of four. She's the oldest. Um, okay. And I have um, I had one brother. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Wow. And so, you are married. Mm-hmm. I'm married. I have two children. And two beautiful mm-hmm. children, boy and a girl, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Lisette, tell me. Lisette is my bonus child. She's the child I met when Robert, um, she was five when Robert and I met. So, I've gotten to love her, but didn't have to bear her. Aww. And nine years later came little Rob. He's not so little anymore. Yeah. He's 16. So, Lisette's 25 and Rob is 16. Wow. And Lisette got married. And at the beginning of COVID, she got married, uh, bought a house, and had a baby all in the same year. Oh, my goodness. So little blessed Avery will be two this September. Oh, so, yes. How fun. Yes. And Oliver, her husband, he's military, Air Force, and they do have orders to go to Spain this November. Oh. So we're trying to wrap our hearts and heads around that. But yeah. I'm just, I, I always like to try to make lemonade from the lemons. So yeah. I look at where I get to vacation for the That's next four exactly years. That's exactly what I was going to say. Spain, they know how to do it. They have siesta time from three to six every day, the entire they just shut down. That's yeah. what they do. Um, I'm in for that. Yeah. Dinner at 7, <laughs> 8 o'clock. Stay up late. 
I love that. Well, they must not have morning radio, though, in Spain. <laughs> I can't imagine getting up at four in the morning no. there. No. <laughs> if I ate, eight o'clock is bedtime for me, so. <laughs> yes. Wow. And so, uh, what do you do outside of the home? Because I know you work mm-hmm. outside I- of the home. Work full time. Um, my husband and I, uh, he operates, but I help do the behind the scenes of a painting business. Okay. So I do the payroll and the taxes and all that good stuff. Typing proposals, because I type a little bit better than he does. <laughs> you use more fingers? I use more fingers, <laughs> yes. Um, we try to spend our free time, active time with our family, friends, and doing things with our church. So, um, we both serve at our churches, um, or at our church. So, on Sunday, that's usually mm-hmm. what that day looks like. You know, the weekend time goes real fast. So, yeah. it's like, fill it with some good time fellowship and good old fun, and then it's back to work and let's do it again. So, <laughs> yeah. What makes you want to serve in church? It just seems like the most natural thing to do. I know what my mm-hmm. experience was going there for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's something about seeing that in somebody each and every time. So, the VIP and greeting team is where yeah. I serve now. <clears throat> ah. So, I get to see them all come in. I get to see the excitement. I get to talk to them after their experience. Yeah. You get to encourage them for the week. Um, it just really warms my heart to know all these people were coming. And that building has a lot of special story behind it. And so, it's just it's just a miracle to even stand there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When you're serving in church and you, you especially and the team that you're on, see people who are coming for the very first time mm-hmm. and kind of taking it all in. I love that you want to help impact that part of their story because maybe they've never even been to church before. Plenty of times. That's exactly how, how it is. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes people also carry some wounds from yeah. church. Mm, praise and, and worship will open those wounds up real fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. It is powerful. When when did you meet Jesus? When would you say you gave your heart to the Lord? As a very young child, because I honestly can't remember the date. I, I, I grew up in church. That's just what our family always did. A big difference between always knowing Him and being ready to step into a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And I would say that as much as I knew He was there and as much as I always had comfort from Him, my relationship didn't start till after I was married, the, the tight okay. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you and your husband come to Jesus at the same time? So, no, I'm, I had my received salvation as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met him, he had grown up Catholic, and so gotcha. I was not active in a church at the time. And I remember my, my question to him, the most important thing for me, do you, do you know Jesus? Do you believe he is Christ, that He is the Messiah, and He died as a sacrifice for your sins, and He's coming back? Yes. Hey, we can work from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he and both of my children both received salvation at our church. Um, have been We all four have been baptized there. So, we have grown together in our marriage with, yeah. with the Lord, and it's been a beautiful, sweet thing. Yeah. This bridge has had a huge impact on all that. The bridge? Yes, 100%. Aww. Yes. Do you play the bridge? Always. In the house? In in the house, in the car. It's, yeah. it's where it's at. Yeah. It kind of sets a tone, it does. doesn't it? It does. In the home. Yeah, we have smart speakers in the house, but we have our old radios in the garage, one on either side of the garage. And so, when, when I pull in and uh, I shut off my car, so I op- as soon as I open the door, the song just continues. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> and it does kind of set the tone for, you know, getting home and... 
and carrying in what we carry in from the day, uh, it does help. It does. So I ran into you last fall at the Matthew West concert, and it was kind of like one of the first times that people were actually first in a concert. large group yeah. <laughs> again after COVID. COVID. Yeah. And uh, so it was it was wonderful to be together, and I spotted you mm-hmm. and your family. We stood and talked for a little while, yeah. and it was sometime during that conversation that we realized that we both had gone through a pretty big, significant loss last year. And it was kind of an instant, as soon as you shared that with me, my heart just, it was like it melted with yours, yeah. because you have never been far from my prayers since then, because I know exactly what you're going through. And I wondered if you'd tell me about your brother. Sure. My brother's name, <clears throat> he had a very unique name, it's Norwegian, his name is Chark, uh, T-J, sounds like C-H. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a nickname of TJ because he got tired of explaining to people how to say that. <laughs> uh, he passed away last year just before his 50th birthday. He had uh, esophageal cancer. He got diagnosed in January, and he fought real hard. And he, mm. uh, he died on Memorial Day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, younger? Younger? Older, three older. years, two days. Okay. Yeah. You were pretty close. Very close, yeah. yeah. I lost my dad in 2015. So, and my grandfather in between those two. So, three very mm-hmm. strong men in my life. Yeah. yeah. Big loss. Big loss. My brother passed away in May mm-hmm. last year as well. And that was what made me realize something that we had significantly in common. He had been sick in the hospital for a few weeks. And the first time that I realized... Because of COVID, we weren't allowed to visit. So, we really were just getting reports secondhand Mm. from my sister-in-law. And she called my mom and I one day and said, they want me to make some pretty tough decisions, and I don't want to do that on my own. And that was the first time I realized, this is is not going in the right direction. We had been praying, of course, but um, not having been able to see him or talk to him. And it was a moment where I had to decide what report I was going to believe. And I totally believed that God, and I still believe that God, if that was that part of his story, that God could have risen him right up from that. And I, I went into it fully believing that, honestly. The doctor had wanted us to make decisions, and I just put my foot down and said, uh, we're, we're not making any decision until we can actually be with him and pray over him and with him. And so, they made some um, some exceptions so that my mom and I could go in. And that week in his room, I just, the Lord did some, just some amazing things. And I know that my brother Brent could have uh, made a comeback. But I also know that he is happier now than he has ever had here on earth. And um, last year for his birthday, I remember putting on his Facebook page, a lot of friends were writing things, and I said, I'm not sorry that you're there. I'm just sad that you're not here. And I think when we lose someone who we know is in the presence of Jesus, the hope that that brings kind of triumphs over the loss, and that's what we can hold on to 
he play he loved to play bass guitar. And so now, even now, when I hear any, it doesn't matter what the song is or who's playing it. As soon as I hear the bass line, I'm thinking, Brent would have loved this song. <laughs> and so I just, I hold on to knowing that he is in the arms of Jesus. Right. And I know you do as well with your brother. That's right. And for any loss that we suffer, the hope that comes, I love that God's word says that we don't mourn as one who has no hope. Because we know our hope is in Jesus. And man, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I use these words this week. They just rolled right off of my tongue, and I don't know where they came for other than from other than just the encouraging point behind them. But there was a <clears throat> person I was interacting with that his comment was that his best days were behind him. And I stopped, and I looked at him, and I said, and if you believe in eternal life, your best days are yet to come. So. Amen. That's the best part to hold on to. Yeah. I can relate to that. The COVID piece given in an extra, it, it robbed us of some of our joy of when our grandson was born that year. Mm, um, yeah. You know, that that's stressful. Just getting husband and wife at the hospital at the same time. Because yes. if you didn't go in together, the, the dad didn't get to stay. It was kind of wild. Um, at one point, it was my mom or my sister-in-law that were allowed to go in the hospital. That's it. Uh, toward the end, they did allow us all to come in. And we... He was he was received as well as he was sent out. So we had um, Maverick City music playing. Aww, we yeah. Played and worshipped over him. That um, you you mentioned that that touched uh, my sister in law and I deeply because for the last two or three days we just held vigil in his room yeah. around the clock and we had his Kindle set up on the back ledge of the behind his bed. Yeah. And we just played the bridge round the clock. And uh, I remember in the middle of the night, one night when everything was so quiet and I could just, I could hear him breathing and I could hear the song. And there are parts of that whole experience that stand out to me still. At the moment that I knew, I knew that his breathing had changed and he was about, he was about to go home. I was just standing alongside, his wife was on one side of the bed, and I was facing her on the other side of the bed, and we were holding, you know, rubbing his arms, and I was praying, and then it just got really quiet, and I took everything in in that moment. I remember exactly the song that was on the radio at the time, and I'll never forget that. And it was like God was speaking to our hearts in that, you know, in that time that He was right there. And that he wasn't going alone, and that we weren't staying alone. That he could be in both places at one time, because that's just how God is. And uh, we can take comfort in his presence. The last words I said to my dad, he he was having some, they needed to do some testing on his heart, and he needed to be under to do that, and he was not excited about Mm -hmm. that. I remember Joyce Myers sermon I had heard uh, worry is a sin and fear is a lie mm-hmm. if you're worrying you're not trusting that God's going to take care of you and he promised that he would mm-hmm. and fear is a lie you're fearing things that haven't happened yet Yeah. now he did not wake up from that but his worry was still unnecessary because he was received by the king mm-hmm. amen amen so when you go through loss like this how do you find your way out 
you can't sit in it. You can't sit in your sorrow. You have to search for the light. You have to search for the joy. You have to make their memory what they did on this earth worth it, not to mourn them. It's just a, I've had this conversation so many times in the last couple of weeks. It's 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 a selfish thing almost to be sad. Like we we can mourn what we lost, but if we're going to be sad and sorrowful and bitter and just give up on life, then then what does their what did theirs mean? And and what am mm-hmm. I robbing someone from for what God has planned for me? I'm still here, so I still have a purpose. I'm still supposed to do His work. I can't wallow in my own grief. Not that there won't be times that you have grief, but you have that pain has to be used for a purpose. Mm. That's so. really a tribute to our loved ones when we are able to do that. That's an important thing to remember that that pain ha- has a purpose and that we can use what we've experienced to encourage someone else. In honesty, I probably shuffle <clears throat> a lot of it away, and it comes out in rare forms on different days. Mm. That's the human side of me. There's still parts that sure. come back, and they linger, and all the different forms of grief that come. Mm-hmm. I would say my most unpleasant one is the anger side. Mm. I have a lot of people that surround me that can see me through my see me the transparency that I am what's really going on and and it, it doesn't take long before I hear that still small voice going what's really going on there mm-hmm. what's the root of that so um uh, surrounding myself with like-minded people um mm-hmm. the people who carry the spirit with them that are there to lift me up and encourage me if it wasn't for that it would be a darker place for sure yeah because grief has layers and it's kind of like peeling an onion. Mm-hmm. And uh, j- just about the time that you think you're through it or over it or the hardest part is beyond you, then something happens that triggers those emotions all over again. What you said about having a group of people surrounding you uh, that are, they're kind of in your, they're on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a book years ago by Joyce Landorf, I think, called uh, Balcony People. And that there are people who will be cheering you on in your balcony, but there will also be basement people who will try to bring you down, (laughs) discourage you, and commiserate with you. And especially in times where we're carrying a heavy load, it's important to find people who can help to lift you up. Yes. Because then you'll be there to help lift them up when they go through something. A couple of my friends, the, the things that they go through with their family... I like to remind them of where I am and what they still need to be thankful for, mm. be grateful for. And I might say that in a little bit of a blunt way, but it hits the point. You yeah. Know? Um, be grateful that you have both your parents. Be grateful that they're both healthy and they can still be with your grandchildren. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family stuff's tough. There's nothing easy about it. My brother and I didn't always get along. My dad and I didn't always get along, but... Everybody's got lots of shades of family, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to see my mom suffer. I can't imagine losing a child. I lost a brother, but she lost a child. I'm glad that you can be there with her to help her with that. I know that's a valuable gift to her as well. Have you had the benefit of a counselor 
there was a pain to purpose uh, workshop that we had through work, uh, Davy Blackburn. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. My mom and I both worked through that workbook and that mm-hmm. whole series there. Yeah. Delved into that. I knew that she has somebody that she talks to. My mom has somebody that she talks to weekly on the phone. I, I have not. Yeah. The great counselor's been taking care of me for a long yes. time. Yes. Yeah. He unpacks my stuff a lot better than I probably would in front of somebody else. <laughs> he knows. He does know. He does. Do you have a life group that you um, work with? I have the most wonderful group of ladies at work. Um, most all of us are either affiliated or, or part of um, the church that we attend. So we start our day in prayer, huddled around, lifting each other up. When somebody goes through something in the middle of the day, we all gather around, and that's how we attack and handle that. And yeah. We invite the Spirit in our office every day, and we rebuke the devil, and we stand firm on giving him the glory in everything that happens. Yeah. Um, the interactions that we have with our, our clients are no less than God-given stories. Mm-hmm. The, the stories of the grief that we share with people, I think that's one of the... The counselings that I've had in the, the last two years of just being able to, there's a lot of people that have lost a lot of family, mm-hmm. and, and we, we, we deal with them and we work with them, and um, hearing those stories and being able to comfort yeah. the people that we come into contact every day, I, I know that's part of my ministry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful that you have uh, a workplace that also you are surrounded by believers. That's yeah. a gift. The best gift. I'm so thankful for that gift. (laughs) We hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Rims of Mugs, made possible by Iconic Sparkle. Get fun and fashionable accessories such as necklaces, earrings, and bracelets that can go with any outfit for any occasion for just $5. Owner Mandy Heinch desires to change the world through her accessories and what it allows her to offer. Fashion accessory advice, boosting confidence, and training those who want to start their own business. Learn more at IconicSparkle.com or on their app. So outside of work, what is it that you really enjoy doing? What are some of your favorite things that kind of just free you? I love to read. I like mind. I, I do like to read books that make you better, but I like to have that mindless novel that you yeah. just don't have to think about anything but the pa- <laughs> books on the words on the page. My husband and I have a motorcycle, or he has a motorcycle. I like to ride on the back. Mm. So we like to go on bike rides. Um, he's a painter. Him. That's awesome. He's a, he's a one-man show these days. He, um, uh, on the business side, and personally, we experienced some loss there as well. Mm. Um, Adam had worked with Robert since... Okay, so the, the business David Brown painting was... Robert started working there when he was 19, and Dave kind of groomed him to take over his role when he and his wife became missionaries out in Branson, Missouri and sold us the business in 2012. And Adam, as David's nephew, had worked with us, worked with Robert since the day one. He struggled with heroin. Mm-hmm. And, um, he lost his battle this year. Robert took a loss of a friend and a brother and the business took a loss of a great employee. And mm. It's been a bit of a struggle yeah on that side as well what do you do when there is such loss that seems like everywhere you turn what is the solace for you that's when you just gotta lean in more like that it's eyes on the cross joe olstein i'll never forget that one sermon he said 
There are so many distractions that are going to come at you in life and try to make you look somewhere else. Keep your eyes on the cross. Do you have a favorite part of the Bible? There's a maybe even a verse, or maybe there's a story in the Bible that is one of your favorites that brings you comfort, gives you encouragement, or hope. Isaiah. Isaiah. Why Isaiah? We have gotten into the chosen. Okay. And uh, we watched the whole two seasons that are out there, and then my girlfriend, she found a devotion book at Hobby Lobby, and so we started watching season one again, and I've never been a great one at memorizing scripture, but um, the very first episode of The Chosen where Jesus calls Mary by name, yes, that was such a powerful, powerful (laughs) final moment of of that season. I'm like, I want to memorize that scripture. Even if it's just the very, very first part of it, but that whole chapter, it's good. It hooked me from the very beginning when he called her by name. I was done. <laughs> I was done, done. <laughs> grabbing for the tissue box. Oh like, my goodness! So while we went through the whole episode, and I was like, "Bam!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I love that series. Yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful for the the obedience and the follow-through, and there's so many people that have been reached and touched by that. And I encourage people when they, um, I had someone recently that was just struggling and she just feels like she's drifting from God, and I, I encouraged her to start watching that. Oddly enough, she'd watched the first episode the night before, hmm. um, but it will draw you near, it will let you see Jesus for who He really is, not who the world tries to make you think yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll make you read the Bible different, it makes you... The, the characters come to life now you it's just different when you know the person who wrote the story yeah yeah i love how they have really given him some humanity yes. you know that you could realize why he attracted so many people yeah. obviously the son of god you know the light within him and the the compassion and the love but to watch how they portray him having building friendships mm-hmm. with the guys and seeing women with the value of a woman when in that culture women had no value yep. that's so powerful yep. and i think uh, if we grow up in without and not going to church or maybe we went to ch- a church and didn't fully understand the relationship aspect that Jesus wants with us. Uh, I think that kind of opens our eyes for sure to see how beautiful that can be. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody just this last week, and her mother is from is a Nazarene, and she said the Jesus that my friends talk about is not the same Jesus that my mom told told me about, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she talked about, you know, the religion piece, and I said, it's not the religion, it's the relationship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I am so thankful that Jesus is a friend. Mm. He is our Savior and our Redeemer, but He's also the person, I think, that if He liked coffee, He'd sit across from me in a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee. Yes. And... And take all the time in the world for us just to laugh and kind of do what we're doing today, uncover some pains, 
you know, share some things with each other. He knows everything, but he, I think he delights when we would be willing to open up and actually speak it, share it with him. That shows a vulnerability in us that we would allow him into that place. Yep. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's he's not going to come barreling in. He's looking for that open door. I like that that can look like so many different things. Wherever you are in your day, mm-hmm. whatever it is you need, you don't have to drive to his house to talk to him. You yeah. don't have to pick up the phone and call. Yeah. He just starts speaking. Right there. Right there. When I was growing up, the verse in First Thessalonians that says, pray without ceasing. How is that possible? <laughs> because you have an idea of what prayer is. Yes. And then when you start to really realize that prayer is really a conversation, two-way conversation with God, I started as soon as my brain is awake in the morning, and I know that He's with me all day long. And we just pick up conversation all along the way, and I believe that's really what that verse was saying. Yep. And what a gift that is. We talked about those that group or the life group or the friends that remind you and that sometimes at work and the pace and the um, overwhelmingness and mm-hmm. I just don't know what to work on next and, and Sharon says I know who does and then immediately I just stop put my head back start praying and then the next thing it's supposed to do happens and it, <laughs> it, it's it's sometimes you need that reminder of just take a minute you know who needs tell you what to do next you don't need to operate (laughs) on your own assumptions or try to make everything work in your own understanding just ask i love that you just when you're feeling overwhelmed too much to do you just stop stop hands down head back and just get quiet get quiet let the lord lead you wow and what i had to do next was and it was another phone call of another thing to add to my plate Mm -hmm. but that took priority and that told me that's what he wanted me to work on then yeah Mm mm-hmm what would you say to someone who is in a really hard place right now and struggling in their faith? What advice would you share with them? First, I would remind them that they're a child of the King and that their story's already written. They don't know it, but He does. So, allow Him to lead. Allow Him to drive. Seek Him for constant direction. Let His face be the only thing that you concentrate and that that sweetest place you can be is in His presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you close your eyes, look for His face. That's so good. I had heard Carrie Job say one time in the in a concert when all the power went out, and there was no music happening. Of course, everyone is there to hear her sing and the, hear the band play, and she just started to pray. And so there's this quiet little voice in this big room. And she said, God, your presence is my favorite place. And man, that went right to my heart. I thought, I want to never forget that. I could call a lot of places special. And and they have special memories. And there, there are places that maybe we've gone as a family that we've had, you know, that hold special memories. Mm. But... My favorite, favorite place is in the presence of God. Yes. And I, I don't spend enough time there. I think about how different my life would be if I really 
honed in on that on a daily basis. I pray for opportunities to actually talk with folks about my faith, because if they don't know Jesus, and I know they're really struggling, I don't want to come across as preachy yeah. or even teachy. Yeah. I just want to, I would just want to be a light that will reflect the true light of the Lord that would make it attractive for them to want to be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So that is part of my prayer daily that, Lord, let my words be sweet and encouraging and um, thought-provoking, at, you know, when it's the right time. Very similar prayers. Like, use me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, whatever they need today, use me. Yeah. You know what? I think when we, if we start our day that way, mm-hmm. it helps us not to be thinking so much about ourselves, too. <laughs> right. Because we're opening ourselves for an opportunity to allow Him to move and yeah. not us. Yeah. Song, um, New World Sun. Mm-hmm. I, I play that a lot mm-hmm. on the days where I think I'm trying to drive the day. And so, God, what you want to do today? Maybe I'll let you take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we just need to be still for a while. Yeah. In the midst of the chaos, when you feel like you need to be going 100 miles a minute, maybe that's the time to be still. Yeah. So, with that in mind, now you're a grandmother, mm-hmm. and so now you're watching through a whole new little set of eyes. Yeah. Do you have opportunities that you get to share? I do get opportunities. He's such a sweet soul. And his best friend is our chocolate lab, Harley. They, they love each other. He gets so excited and so does she. Not so much fear of her because she's a big dog. But the, the way his eyes light up when he sees something on, on TV that's fun. And just his overall e- excitement. of Just the simpler things. The water toys being in the pool. Splashing. You know, bath time's fun to a two-year-old. So, yeah. it's just the, the innocent eyes. Mm. And you just pray that they stay innocent as long as possible. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I pray yes. that over my granddaughter as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is new and fresh for you? What's something new that you have going on? Our son is 16 and drives now. Ooh. Going into the 11th grade, so a junior and he's a few months of driving on his own, so that's the newest thing. And okay. he, he is a wonderful driver, actually. He's very cautious. Okay. He, he took his novice driver sticker mm-hmm. and, and cut some of the letters out and made it say, nice driver. Oh. He said that's what he's going to put on his car. <laughs> um, that's really smart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm thinking, did you watch some TikTok video that did yeah, that? Yeah, probably. Something? Yeah. <laughs> um, he just finished his basketball season, so we had been um, basketball or work, you know, driving back and forth and mm-hmm. taking him to all the places. And He did a, a UAC league with the Green Beret. Um, and they just finished their playoff, so that part's done. It was like every night you get off of work and you're driving to work or you're driving to a basketball game or practice and got a couple hours and come back and then it's time to start it all over again. Yeah. So that Sometimes those seasons are nice when they end and you can have a few more hours of your day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, teaching a new driver, that's our newest mm-hmm. adventure. Um I guess and thinking that we got like two months before the kids go to Spain, we need yeah. to kind of dial in and make that some intentional time. Mm-hmm. Those work shift days and all that that I just described kind of leaves a, not a lot of time to fit all the other things in. And before you know it, the things that were most important to you, 
he won't get a chance to. So mm-hmm. that's a lesson in itself. It is to uh, weigh out what is important versus the urgent. Yes, the tyranny of the urgent. They're the ones that scream the loudest, but aren't always the most important. Yeah, and so that's a, that's very wise yeah. to to try to schedule those times in so you don't miss out. Pumpkin spice or not? Definitely pumpkin spice. I'm yes. a fall girl. October baby, so everything fall, everything pumpkin. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I knew that's another reason why we're friends. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I am so thankful that you would be willing to be vulnerable and to share about life, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and uh, that you'd sit across the table from me today and just um yeah share your heart you're one of those great gifts that god's given us given me to get through this time Mm because i know that we we share in that Mm -hmm. i see you and i see what you're able to still do Mm -hmm. your accomplishments and your blessings and your ministry Mm -hmm. only through the grace of god thank you for sure yeah well god bless you sonia quinones (laughs) Yes, Denise Harper. (laughs) Thank you, and God bless you. Bless you, my friend. We were never meant to journey alone. Whether you're having a great day or a hard one, we need each other to celebrate and to stand in the gap. Sharing our stories helps remind us that we are not alone. And when we sit with women who sit at the feet of Jesus, the conversations are different. We walk away feeling inspired, not inferior, because we know this Christian walk is a race, but not a competition. I'm your host, Denise Harper, encouraging you to catch up with a friend or make a new one and enjoy some good conversation over the rims of mugs.